0: Advancing innovative research, academic excellence, and family-centered care to transform outcomes for children around the world, Children's Mercy Kansas City presents the audio interview series, Transformational Pediatrics, with host, Dr. Michael Smith.
1: So our topic today is, what is avoiding dysfunction? My guest is Mary Langston. Mary is a urology, surgery, and pediatric nurse practitioner. And Mary, welcome to the show. Thank you. So let's just start off real simple. What is a voiding dysfunction, and what are some of the symptoms that we should be looking for? Well,
0: voiding dysfunction is um, a very common problem that we see in a lot of children, and uh, usually parents have a first sign that there's a problem when kids have difficulties with urinary incontinence. Uh, this can occur during the day or at night, and there can be you know, a lot of things that... Uh, prompt that type of incontinence, things like giggling, laughing, jumping, coughing. Uh, Sometimes parents will also notice that their child has a significant increase in urgency to get to the restroom or frequency in urination. Uh, Children will also sometimes have a very difficult time emptying their bladders once they're in the bathroom. They may have dribbling or hesitancy, a very interrupted urinary stream, Um, and children can sometimes also have recurrent infections with that.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so, so when you say children, what, what age group are we looking at here? And is it boys versus girls? Is there a distinct, uh, distinction there?
0: Uh, well, it does happen more commonly in girls than in boys, but we see it for both for both males and females. And obviously it has to be something that you're noticing after potty training. Um, several good studies have looked at what is like the age that you can say it's an abnormal voiding pattern, and most, most references will agree that four and up Um, Is common, but we see children younger than that. As long as they've had a normal, stable voiding pattern, that then seems to go awry. That may happen before the age of four.
1: And and how common is this?
0: Uh, It's very common, Um, actually. As much as forty percent of visits to any pediatric urology office are centered around voiding dysfunction. Um, The main challenge is to really be able to differentiate. Is this something that's related to a pathological pattern or some other underlying urologic abnormality.
1: So what's what's the approach then, especially when when a patient comes to Children's Mercy? um, What's the current treatment? Is there anything new on the horizon that looks promising?
0: Well, one of the first things that we always want to do is an ultrasound, just to look at the kidneys and bladder to be sure that there's not some type of anatomical anomaly that we're overlooking. Um, that, that's one of the things that helps us to um, believe that this is more about bladder behavior rather than an anatomical condition. And then after that, um, we have a long history in physical uh, that we go through to try and decide, You know, is there any other risk factor or any other um, anomaly that we may be overlooking?
1: Yeah, and so when you look at the community physicians, you look at the nurse practitioners, you obviously, you know, said this is very common. They probably see this a lot. Like what, what advice do you have for them? Like what can they do before maybe referring to um, a center like Children's Mercy?
0: Uh, well, as a primary care physician, one of the things that we ask for them to look at is actually stooling. Constipation is a huge player in uh, actual bladder behavior, and so many times uh, children will have these voiding dysfunction symptoms just because of an underlying constipation. Uh, we also ask that primary care physicians kind of lay the groundwork for behavioral modification, things like time voiding and discussing the elimination of dietary bladder stimulants.
1: Yeah. And so it's interesting when you were describing, you know, kind of the symptoms and stuff, I was imagining a young child trying to avoid giggling, maybe, you know, having some issues there and there's the mom or the dad watching this. So obviously it's the parent that probably recognizes something first and brings the child into a a primary care physician, the pediatrician, a nurse practitioner. So what, what do you have, what advice do you have for the parents? Like when when should they definitely take their child in for something like this? When, you know, and and what can they expect when they first go into their primary care physician?
0: Well, uh, for parents, you know, it's also important to understand that there is some degree of normalcy and urgency and incontinence in very young children. Uh, But if you notice that your child is consistently having an abnormal voiding pattern, so often when they laugh, often when they giggle, uh, or if they were historically very dry and now your child is having frequent episodes of incontinence. Those are things that, one, you want to rule out a urinary tract infection, and two, uh, see if there's something else that parents can adjust. I think it's also really important that parents understand that very infrequently do children do this for attention seeking. Uh, So it's really important not to have punishment for urinary incontinence or anything like that.
1: Oh, and do you see that happening a lot? Maybe the parents just think they're acting out?
0: Oftentimes, yes. And I won't say that that never happens, but it is not most common, and it can actually be detrimental in changing bladder behavior yeah. uh, long-term.
1: So um, we're talking about voiding dysfunction with Mary Langston. Mary, is there like, the, any last words you have on the topic for our audience, both for the, the family and both for the primary care physician?
0: Um, I would say that it, you know it's very important for children to feel support. And that they aren't chastised. Sometimes it's hard to ask them to change their behaviors in a way that's healthy for their voiding. And using positive incentives is always very encouraging, uh, even before you get to the specialty center. It's really important to give them their su- Give them your support.
1: Okay. Well, Mary, I want to thank you for the work that you're doing at Children's Mercy, and thank you for coming on the show today. You're listening to Transformational Pediatrics with Children's Mercy Kansas City. For more information, you go to childrensmercy.org. That's childrensmercy.org. I'm Dr. Mike Smith. Thanks for listening.